Thank you for listening to the In The Lead show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and check out the In The Lead newsletter. Every week I send out mindfulness and leadership tips to help you become the best leader of you. See the show notes for a link to subscribe to the newsletter or go to www.intheleadshow.com and subscribe there. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the In The Lead Show. My name is Jennifer Sang, and today I am joined by Shauna Shu to talk about, are you leading from within? Welcome to the show, Shauna. It's fun. I love it. So just a quick bio about Shauna. She is a lifetime adventurer, entertainer, and leadership expert. She is an innovative thought leader who can help you unpack the pesky problems you encounter when you lead people. With a curious mind, herself and a master's certificate in neurolinguistics programming, Shauna is exceptionally skilled in the art of uncovering leadership blind spots through coaching and catapulting leaders out of the leadership weeds and into leading teams effectively. With two year, uh, two TED Talks to her credit, as well as three decades of experience, you will be enlightened as well as entertained while shifting from, from the less stellar things most leaders do to focus only on what the best leaders do. I am super excited to talk to you today because I also am a coach and just a firm believer in a believer in finding ways to lead ourselves better and finding that way to be that leader from within element. So I'm really excited to, to talk to you today, but before we get started, I would love to know a little bit more about you and what you do and who you're about. Well, I love that in my bio, it says I'm a lifelong adventurer. And I, I think the adventure there's a quote somewhere. I don't have it quite. I'm going to slaughter it probably about that. We look at, we're always looking for the sunsets and the mountaintops and all these amazing things to be amazed by, but we very rarely look within, mm-hmm. you know, where the, the greatest things, the, the most enlightening things are really from inside ourselves and how we, how we can learn so much more about the world when we know about ourselves. So I have been an adventurer and, and, and I like the adventure of finding out what we, how, what makes us tick. And I got to say that, you know, living not a long, long time, I've been planning to live a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I always say that I, my final goal, uh, Jennifer, is to get to heaven, right? So it, whatever that place is, you know, the universal, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I'm not in a hurry is what I always add. <laughs> Can't wait to get there, but not in a hurry. I know yeah, that. but I just <laughs> want to live in a, in a way that is every moment, you know, is, is accepted and grateful. And, and I just think it's a great way to live. I got a good life. Yeah, that's great. And I, I know that you also, I think the last time we spoke, you mentioned that you live kind of on some acreage and have some animals. I do. Um, I, I call it, it's funny. I only have 20 acres. And when I say that to people, they go, oh, only 20 acres. But yeah. Speaking of my 7,000 square feet <laughs> in the Bay area. In the theme of acreage, that's not a lot, but I have a, like, it, it's not really a farm because the only thing we really have growing here is wild blackberries that are overtaking things. Oh, um, nice. It's more like a ranchette. I have a horse boarding facility and I have an Airbnb on the property and I live in a log house, which is fun. You don't have to dust that much in a log house. Just a little FYI for people. (laughs) Interesting. I didn't know. Why is that? Because dust looks fine on logs. (laughs) Ah, That's good. (laughs) Gotcha. Oh, well, so 
given your experience, your background, everything you've been to been through in your life, I'm curious when we say, when we ask the question, are we leading from within? What does that mean to you? There's so many ways that we can take this, right? So your internal dialogue, most things, people will say the three things that we have internally is the way we think, the way we feel, the way we speak. So if we're thinking well, and this is what we do, both of us, you and I in coaching, I know, we're listening for people to uncover by their language, their limiting beliefs or their mindset, or what is what are they either thinking or feeling? And we got to be careful with feelings. I'm just throwing that out there right this minute, because people go, I don't feel very well. And feelings are so tenuous and they're so rapidly shifted. But what are you thinking? And a lot of times the way we think is what's affecting our feelings. So it really is internally, it's, and the gut level is the third one. So it's your mind, your heart, your gut. And when you open these things and you're like, I'm curious, or I'm, I'm open to lead with the things that I intrinsically have more than any other human being, like you're going to do it different than I do it. You know, I said something the other day about, I'm the best in the world at what I do because I'm bringing me to the party. And if everyone thought that way, then they would go, well, wait a minute. Am I being my best self? Now that's a good question. Mm, and as a leader, is. those that go and get coached, like you and I, our, our clients are at a different level because they realize that they've got, they realize they're good. They realize they've got greatness and yet they want an outside eye for the things that are blind spots for them or the things that they are believing that don't serve them, that they don't even realize they're doing. Yeah. 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 That's what I believe it is. I hope that answered that Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I am also getting a sense that there's a connection between the three. It's not that our thinking, our feelings are in our heart or guts or intuition, all these other types of processing aren't disconnected or fragmented. It sounds like there's a lot of connection there between maybe what we're thinking and how that might influence our feelings or vice versa. And just being aware of that and in tune with what's happening. What's, what's that dialogue? What's that chatter? What's that maybe urge or feeling that you have? Um, especially I see it a lot with leaders and making decisions, especially tough decisions. And what I see, at least in my practice in working in high tech for so many years is a lot of people are very focused on the thinking element, which I think especially in technology companies for many years, it's been kind of coveted. Like, do you have that real cerebral kind of ability to kind of solve problems? Um, the shift that I'm seeing across many industries across the world is kind of shifting away from maybe such a singular focus on that thinking element and starting to integrate the other kind of listening or feeling components as well. I don't know about your thoughts or what you're seeing, but I see more of this integration happening. Well, it's a fascinating discussion, actually, for two reasons. When we think or when we're cerebral and we're intelligent and we're seeking solutions and we're seeking innovation and we're seeking action, it, it is absolutely inside our brains. And yet, and yet, some of the thoughts that we also have alongside of I hope they don't find out that I don't know what I'm doing, or I better work really hard, or um, who am I to say, 
or I'm never going to do that again because I was just put down. This is also thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I, there's, there's two sides here. Mm-hmm. And then our thoughts can impact our feelings. They do impact our feelings, but a lot of people aren't really thinking very well about how their re- the reaction is. In other words, let's say that you present an idea and you're, it's slaughtered, right? It's like, it's so, you're so cut off. You're, we've already done that. Or, well, that's not going to work or whatever it is. And you're, now your feelings are hurt. Mm. And so your gut says, never do that again. Your whole protective ego steps up to say, I'm not going to participate. However, if we were thinking correctly, we might, if we could really work on that muscle too, and we said, okay, they must've been in a bad mood today, or we don't know their, their spouse just told them that they were having an affair. We, we have no idea. And I come from a, a process of saying to my clients, normally people aren't hurtful leaders that bite off somebody's head or leaders that usurp you or take the credit are just uninformed or unevolved. They really, really are. Are they trying Mm -hmm. to be mean to you? Probably not. They didn't wake up and think that. But a lot of times people who are hurtful or selfish or or strike out at you are the Mm -hmm. ones that are hurting the most. Yeah. And I use this from the animal world. Like animals don't go out to bite you or kill you. I mean, you don't have to be frightened unless you back them into a corner. If you frighten an animal, it can attack you. If an animal is hurting, it will bite or kick or whatever it might be. You be careful of other species that are fearful or hurt. Well, be careful of humans that are fearful or hurt. And if that leader doesn't really feel confident, they're not after you. So there's where I'm saying it's not just putting in your mind. It's also using the heart-mind connection to say, this isn't about me at all. Yeah. That is fascinating. Jennifer, that takes power to know it's not about you. Oh yeah. It's not about you. And I have to remind myself that a lot. Like if, you know, I'm in a meeting or something and somebody says something that I take personally, you know, I have to constantly remind myself like Jen, it's not about you. You know, really for me, it's been about for, for me personally, it's about really tapping into more of that feeling and gut element where I feel like, especially in my, that gut kind of aspect, it feels like I have more wisdom from there. When I, sometimes when I think we're reacting from like our thinking logical part of us, we have a tendency to either fall into old habits, mindsets, stories, which can be linked to, you know, all kinds of stuff, traumas and wounding that we have in our past. But when we connect to that element that is real and kind of this essence that isn't, you know, wounded in that way, it, helps you to be able to make different decisions that aren't maybe in reinforcing yes. some of these negative mindsets and habits that we have. Um, well, and let's go there because then ultimately it's a belief. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was Esther Hicks actually from Abraham Hicks fame that said, what is a belief? You know, mm-hmm. and suddenly I'm stumped because let's think what is a belief? Oh, it's something I know to be true. Uh, well, how do we know it's true? And so her premise was a belief is simply something you've said to yourself over and over again, Mm -hmm. or someone else has said it over and over again. 
It doesn't matter if it's a religious belief or it's the belief that America is the greatest or the worst. It doesn't matter. Whatever you said, you hate broccoli. If you say it over and over, you believe it. You make it true for yourself. And so if you believe now using this for you instead of against you internally and say, I believe I have value. And then I back that up because one thing that I would suggest every listener does, like I learned at a very early age that when I learned something, read a book, took a class, that this was an investment in something that could not be taken away from me. Nothing. It didn't matter what the stock market was doing. It didn't matter if there was a pandemic, that what I invested in, in me, how I was viewing me was what I brought to the party for my clients. It's valuable. And the more that I increased my value, the more success I had because it wasn't imposter syndrome. And it's that belief in yourself. And though, how do you believe in yourself? you got to go tell, start telling yourself something that you like, that you will say over and over and over again, that's true. Now, Jennifer, I want to jump in here because we just, I was talking to one of my clients and she was like, well, yeah, but affirmations, this is not affirmation. Yeah. An affirmation is something you hope is true most of the time, you know, and I know I'll go, I'm really thin and a millionaire. Well, right. I'm not that thin and I'm not a million, you know, maybe I am. <laughs> but the point is, is that your, your, your body goes, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you're a fraud, and, you're a liar. <laughs> yeah, you're a liar. And so, but what do I believe? And mm-hmm. that's where this inner work happens. This is where you go to the essence and say, I've read the books. I've taken the classes. I've done the experience. I've made it through. I made it through bad times. I've made it through a divorce or I've made it through a painful breakup or I've made it through an illness. So I believe I can make it through this. Say it over and over again. Like one of my, a mantra that's different than a affirmation is I'm strong enough for this. The other one I say is I'm smart enough to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Now, if that means I just call someone else and say, what do you think? Or do you know anything? Or do I have to hire somebody? but I'm smart enough to figure it out. And I bet every single one of these listeners, because they are listening to you, they're smart enough to figure it out. Yeah. Now, if they said that over and over and over, if you say that over and over and over, you so I'm smart enough to figure this out. What can come forth? And even when you have a leader that's put you down, mm-hmm. I'm smart enough to figure out how to work that out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, I love what you're saying, by the way, because for me, sometimes affirmations can feel a little, I don't know, like cliche or yeah. they don't feel like what I heard you saying was almost like a future state. Like this is where I want to be. But the mantra that you were saying is actually here in the present moment, yep. what you are, yep. what you actually are that you may not see, but by reinforcing that over and over and over again, it helps build those kind of neural pathways in your brain to start shifting that mindset or start shifting that habit that then you start becoming it, but you were it all along. Like you, you were, that's what you talk about with the essence for me is like, it's always there. You are always you, no matter what you've been through or where you at are at in your life, but the core of you is always there. And we sometimes put layer things on top of it because we, again, have trauma or wounding or our storylines that we ground into the, the ground. We just dug in because we say it over and over again. What would happen if even in those small shifts, you change it from a, I want to be this, or this is what I want it to be to, no, I am this. And that feels so much more empowering to me than 
oh yeah, I want to lose 20 pounds, you know, or I want to be grateful for everything I have is one that I hear a lot. I'm like, well, you know, what's something more empowering? I am grateful. I am very, yes, you know, grateful for what I have. That I want to jump on because what I hear many times with people who are at the beginning of a coaching process or uh, more enlightenment, like I help leaders evolve. We're not changing anything. They're already wonderful. They're just wanting some extra help to evolve into even more of who they already are. Yeah. And people will begin with their story. Well, you see, this is what happened. And I'll stop and I'll say, okay, but let's talk about what's going on right now. But no, 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 this matters. Well, it only matters if you keep telling the story. So I am very much into not hearing your story because that story is what's preventing you from getting past where we want to be. Hmm. So let's ask a different question. What do you want right now? Hmm. That now suddenly my mind is, what, what? I'm not bringing forth the hurt or the wound or the, or the trauma. No, I want to know what you want right now. Like this Hmm. moment in this situation and people don't know. And the more that you just question inside yourself, who do I want to be in this moment? Like, let's say that you are um, put down or your idea is put away. Who do I want to be in this moment? Am I going to be a victim? Am I going to be professional? Am I going to accept it? Am I going to challenge it? Mm -hmm. And I might make a different choice each day. But if I decide, well, oh, that happened again. Now I'm in a story. Instead of who I want to be right this minute yeah. is this person who says, thank you. And can we revisit it? What? <laughs> I'm going to say, thank you. You know, yesterday I had somebody criticize something of mine and he went, I hope it's all right. And I went, no, I'm not on here to get better. And he laughed. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm the only reason I'm talking to you is because I want help. But he says, you know how many people don't want to hear that they it's wrong or that they And that's the difference, the internal game. That's what you're talking about, Jennifer. If we really looked and said, how do we take criticism? Now, half the time, I'm going to fling off here. Criticism isn't about you anyway. And let me give it will really help people who want to criticize someone. Number one, if you say, would you like some constructive criticism? Never ask that because they don't want, even if they say yes, number one, it's criticism and it, right. and it let, hurt me, you know, yes, please hurt me because yeah, that's right. what constructive criticism is. So instead of me ever asking a teammate or anybody, would you like, or would you like a, can I play devil's advocate? No, 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 no. You cannot play devil's advocate because you're the devil and I'm not having the devil in me. So what would that you say instead, if you're going to actually, here's the thing, what's your intent with the teammate or even a spouse or a friend? When you say, do you want criticism or, or feedback, criticism, constructive, or devil's advocate, all of those feel hurtful. But if my intent is truly to help you say that, would you like some help? Mm-hmm. Listen to the difference. Would you like some help? Would you like to, a couple of ideas that might make it even better? 
Yeah. Listen to these words. Yeah. And then so many people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. I would like some help. Yeah, I'd like to make it better. But if you say, I'd like to give you feedback or I'd like to give you constructive criticism, I'm already sticking my armor up. I'm already putting my shield up. I've already protected my heart. I'm not listening. Yeah. Yeah. You are making your, 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 so what I always say is try to find ways to invite people in, whether it's a conversation, whether it's, you know, feedback or whatever the project, whatever it is that you're working on, find ways to invite them in. Like you're saying, when we immediately start with, Hey, do you mind if I share some constructive criticism? Like as if constructive is supposed to lighten the blow, but (laughs) I instead like to say things like, I have an observation and I'm wondering your thoughts. I I just want to make, because unless it's direct, right. And I say, do you mind if I provide some of my kind of thoughts on a way that this can help make this better. Right. But if I'm even with like feedback, I'll say things like, you know, I, I have an observation and I'm curious what you think. And when you say, I'm curious what your thoughts are, I'm curious what you think you're inviting them into it, right? It's not about me just throwing out a bunch of, you know, things and just saying, you need to do this, you need to do that, change that, do this. I'm saying, come in here and let's work together and figure this out. And I find that people that, that lowers that armor. It's not a, well, Jen is just trying to tell me what I need to do because that implies, right. That also maybe I have some kind of, you know, maybe superior either thinking or um, maybe something in you is flawed, but by just saying, Hey, let's come to the conversation. Let's just talk about this. I find that also helps people just feel less defensive about, you know, well, especially feedback. Mm-hmm. So that, that, what I'm hearing from you is the intent is I'd like to help you. Yeah. And I would even shift I out of almost anything I observe, observed or whatever. Are you open or would you like some help? You, you, mm-hmm. you, you versus what I found, you know, I, I'm finding that this is not as good as, it, you know, and, and then if they ask me, I'll say, well, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What do you want from me? Mm-hmm. I want the one. brutal, I want the, I want brutal honesty, brutal. Listen to the words we use. Yeah. What and I hear you saying is the nuance though, even in our language. Yeah. And I think that's yes. so important. It's, yes. We can't, we can't just say, oh, just toughen up and deal with it. Oh, just dismiss somebody for that's just who they are. Like, I think we really do need to pay attention to the details. Cause like you said, even just switching a couple of simple words, how that changes Mm -hmm. the tone, the intentionality, the, the armoring that can occur. I think that's so powerful. And once again, it's internal. Like Mm -hmm. you just said something about, well, that's the way I am. People will say this to me and my clients, I was working with an attorney and they go, that's the way attorneys are, or that's the way I am. And I'm really And is that okay with you? Because when we say that we're cutting off every other opportunity, like I'm, I'm blunt, like, like they wear it like a badge. So let's go into like, I just tell people the truth. You know what I mean? No, you're, you're just sharing your rude truth, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to ask them, does that work all the time? And what is your intention? And so even with us, when we, when we're going to do anything for somebody, this is the internal leadership. Mm-hmm. What am I att- attempting to accomplish? What's my goal with this person? 
Now we fall into things. You said this, which I loved. We fall into these ruts. That's why we get an outside person. Because if you're with someone who has always irritated you, you bite at them and you fall back into biting at them. Even when you try to be really, really nice. And then they come back and they, because of history. And then next thing you know, your horns are out and you're, you're in this. So you, you can't change anyone else, right? The only thing you can control is you. So if you're not liking whatever relationship you're having with a teammate or a family member or whatever, the only person you can work on is you. Yeah. And that's the internal game. That's the internal leadership piece. And sometimes we need help. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the other part of the internal leadership piece that like, let's say you're sitting on the other, um, other side of the fence, let's say somebody like your boss doesn't have the awareness to know that, Hey, can I give you some constructive feedback is offensive or can be painful or hurtful to people. So if you're on the other side of the seat, receiving this, one of the things I like to talk to my clients about too, is when you said it's about, you know, you can only control you is get curious with it. If you're having a reaction inside or a feeling come up, how can you get curious with that to figure out, okay, what about this is triggering me right now? What, you know, what, what could be arising and what might that then be driving my thought and thinking pattern, how I react or how I, I think it, it goes both ways too. Like you said, you can't control everybody. So if you have a boss work with it, I actually, I, I talk about this quite a lot. I am unique in the sense that I'm actually deeply fascinated by people who trigger me and who annoy me or who, you know, trigger that wounding in me because I'm curious to know about myself. Like why, why is that making me upset right now? Or why is that person, person acting like that? It's may, it may not have anything to do with me, but I'm just genuinely curious, like what's going on with them. Um, but I feel like that curiosity piece that we talked about earlier is so yeah. critical to this when you're trying to change a habit. First, I heard you saying, take a pause, right? The more space yeah. we can, um, bring into conversations leads to better choices, better, you know, outcomes. So yeah. can we take a pause and then can we kind of learn to kind of understand what's going on in our entire body to understand how to show up in a different way and making those intentional like tweaks every day, like, and just noticing Agreed. how you're, sh- how you're showing up. But I feel like also it's, I wanted to say, it's like that two-way street. Like I work on it a lot with myself, just even in situations where I'm not in control and I can't control what's said, but I can control how I react. I can control how I let it impact me. And then how it impacts my next decision or what I say. Um, so I feel like we can all get so much more curious with ourselves to understand and make different, better informed choices. It's an interesting way to look at it. And I like it. I, I feel that one of the things that we can do, because sometimes the hurt usurps the curiosity. Sometimes yeah. I'm just in pain because mm-hmm. of something that was said offhand because I'm a human. And uh, I felt it, it wounded me yet again on a wound I already had, right? They're stepping on a, a wound I'm, that's open. So it, it, it's a higher level when you're getting curious about yourself. But in the middle of it, what I will ask my clients to do, especially when it is a trigger, let's say, to ask a question, number one of yourself, who do I want to be in this? That would be a good question. But also, Like, let's say there is this leader of yours and they come up and they say, 
would you like some constructive criticism or can we work on this because it was wrong? You, you didn't do this the way I wanted it, whatever. And I'm feeling defensive. I can stop for a moment. Once again, here we go with that moment. Because when we blurt things out, and please, dear Lord, don't let me cry, right? <laughs> um, I'm asking a question of myself first, but then really a question. Help me understand your goal here. Now, listen to this question. Because I've had people say, would you like some constructive criticism? And I'll stop and smile and say, help me understand the goal. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, this puts it. it right back. I mean, oh, yeah. right. It puts it, they're like, what? Yeah, because I want to know your goal. Yeah. And they haven't thought, they're just going to tell me what they think because that's who they are. And I, when I stop, I don't even have to, I'm just going to ask. So many things can happen when you ask good questions. So, and, and you wouldn't say, why are you telling me that? You wouldn't, you would say, help me understand the goal because then they have to stop and say, do I have a goal or am I just blurting out what's first on my mind? And I want to be heard, which some people are like that. They got an opinion about everything and they're going to tell you what's wrong. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be beautiful. And they still want to tell you something that's wrong. So just stop right there. I mean, that right there is a juicy bit. Stop yeah. right there and say, help me understand the goal here. Mm-hmm. And they don't have one, probably. No, most likely. Wow. That is very powerful. I like putting, I always equate it to thinking about carrying baggage. When I think of like a metaphor, it's like, I feel like we pick up a lot of people's baggage uh-huh. on a daily basis and carry it. And then we're so heavy and so tired. And we wonder like, how come I can't carry all these things? How can you also learn to give it back? Like, that's oh. your baggage to carry. It's not mine. Um, I love that, that question. I have to think about that. If I'm ever in that position, um, help me understand what's your goal. I like that because it also has to give you that intentionality piece that we were talking about is understanding what is their intention behind yeah, well, giving you this feedback. This woman who worked for me one time and she wasn't, she was the wrong hire. Actually, she was helping me do something one day and I was just about ready to travel um, overseas and I was doing a horse event and I'd taken off. I, I wear false nails so that I look good on stage and I'm professional because I, I have a farm. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want the dirt under the fingernails. That's right. And I wear (laughs) gloves all the time. But anyway, we were carrying something and she looked at my hand and she said, Oh, you're going to, I had one more presentation before I left. You're going to present without nails. Now that's hurtful. It was an, it was a comment. It was an observation. And I remember I had choices, right? We always have choices. I could say, well, yeah, I am because story, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to make an excuse. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm going out of town and I'm going to be doing, stop it, right? I stopped for a moment, always a breath. And then I went, and the reason that you bring that up, mm-hmm. I, I have never seen anybody's face go blink. I mean, she just, her face, I go, and the reason that you would say that to me mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a smile. And she went, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> she backed up and I went, no worries. And it went over instead of what happened, what might've happened because I'm human is I would have justified. I would have said, well, I'm not wearing nails because I've got to go. And, and then she would go, oh, okay. 
Meanwhile, the barb is in. Then I would have called a friend and I would say, do you know what so-and-so said to me? You know, of course I can't wear my nails. Do you think my hands look bad? All of my insecurities are coming out. Instead, I just stopped and said, and the reason that you're, you're saying this to me? Yeah. Question, question with a smile. And it was over and I let it go. And now it's just a good story. Yeah. Sounds like deflecting, right? To when that barb is coming, can you put up a way to almost, almost like a, for me, it feels almost like a, a bubble of like safety where it's like, you're not, a, these things, these bows that are being thrown your way, aren't being able to penetrate you, but can you find a way to create in the more space you can create, you can do that is to have almost like a protective bubble around you to like boundaries almost like, yeah, yeah no, not letting and that come over here. Like I talked about when you know, you're going into a situation that could be hurtful or that barbs are coming your way. And you know, sometimes when those are coming, yeah. Wearing a bubble, putting a plexiglass up. Uh, sometimes people like to consider it a shield, like they're warrior, a warrior, a man or a woman that wears a, you know, a, a shield of armor. However, I'm human and I, something comes from sideways and I just get my feelings crushed, crushed. Mm -hmm. And why do I do? I'm confident. I like myself and I'm human. Mm -hmm. And in those cases, it's taking a moment. That's what the theme here, I think. And also asking myself, who am I going to be here? Because I'm hurt. I'm going to acknowledge that that hurt. And then I either ask a question or I'm going to go lick a wound for a little while. Yeah. And then maybe I will go back and ask myself a different question or even or them. Because here's the other thing, a premise, I believe there's nothing we can't be forgiven for or that we can't repair. I agree. And so you go back to that person and say, I, I just something's been on the back of my mind and I wanted to ask you about it. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they probably don't even remember. No. But you have a chance to put it where you need it to be. So question to me is a leadership trait that people don't use enough. And they're not very good at the questions that they are asking. We're asking poor questions of ourselves. Uh, why, why, did I, why did I do that? I'm such a digital dork. Or why would I make such a mistake? Or why am I? And I don't believe in, I don't think why questions to yourself are as good. Oh my gosh. I I say this all the time. Why questions are a big trigger for me because it feels shameful. feels like, Jen, why'd you do that? Implying that I did something wrong or that I'm bad. So I never, I I don't even try and ask why questions to people because I know for some of us, it can be very triggering and shaming because it implies that you're either flawed or defective or wrong in some way. I agree. I I like what and how questions, because again, inviting people into the conversation by asking them the question that puts the ball back in their court to be able to make a decision or to have a thought or to innovate whatever you're trying to do, but bring them into it. And with why questions for a lot of people, it can be very shaming and it shuts me down. So I I agree. I'm not a big fan of why. The other thing that I watched myself is why questions for myself are very they're as bad as the why questions to someone else like when I say why would you do that or why did you say that all those hurt are hurtful you're right shaming when I do it to myself the only answer is usually detrimental so that's where why am I hurt by this well because you're a weenie (laughs) or why did why did I eat the entire bag of chips you know it's because you don't have any self-control. There is no good answer. Forgive me, but I am 
dog sitting. And obviously there's something inside that she thinks is important. So you guys <laughs> she wanted to have a voice too. Right, so what I would say is just be careful with why questions. You were per perfect, Jennifer, in that not to other people. Why did you do that? Or what were you thinking? And also to yourself. Because many times those why questions, if we don't really need to know why. Um, there's a man, Hal Dworshkin, with um, the Sedona Method, really kind of interesting, deep work. And this woman kept stumbling over the, how she'd been doing something. And he, and he said, can you give that up? She goes, no, I want to know why. And he said, can you give up wanting to know why? And she was just, she was on it. She refused. And, and she says, why can't I know why? And he goes, usually when we want to know why, it's because we're expecting to do it again. Mm. Oh my gosh. I was yeah. like, that was like a bing, 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 bing. I want to know why I eat the whole chip. Oh, I get where I'm triggered. Oh, now I know when I do it again. If I don't intend to do this again, there's no reason to know why. That's the past. What do I want now? I'm living in this moment and I'll make a different choice. Yeah. Yeah. Is that I think yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's important to, again, what's coming up for me is like the importance of nuance with not only others, but ourself and our language and how we approach conversations. And I agree. I mean, I'm hearing a theme of create more space in your life. Um, get curious. Um, for me, it's about, again, integrating kind of those three different kind of parts that we were talking about before, kind of the thinking, the heart and the gut how can we integrate all of those to work like a really great machine? So they are talking to each other and all working in a productive, healthy, um, positive way for you. Um, I, yeah, I, I love all of those. And I, one of the last questions I wanted to ask you was, you know, in this conversation we're having from lead from within, what do you think, or what do you see prevents people the most from taking that step from leading more from within? Many are probably it's the way they're thinking now. Unless you decide to commit or decide to make a change, you're going to do the same thing. And even when you do commit to make a change, we fall back into the grooves that we're in. And if we've had a habit of being waking up and feeling tired, we've had a habit of saying something to ourselves like you stupid, or that was so dumb or whatever it is that you're saying to yourself, you're in a habit of it. One of the things with neuro-linguistic programming, the language piece, I'm, I'm a word watcher for my clients. And as I watch their words and uncover their limiting beliefs, that's where real change happens. So it, it is really this groove that we're in and it's up to us to shift it. Yeah. That's why they're listening to things like this. You're, they're already on their way. And I'm, I'm human. I fall back into the same groups as everybody else. Yeah, we all do. I mean, I think that's why it's a constant practice, a constant kind of, I don't know, for me, it's an anchor to come back to this moment when I start feeling myself and hearing myself get into those stories and going into the past and wanting to know why. And I think it's, it's a really great anchor for me um, to come back to the present moment and start asking myself more of those, well, what do I want now? What do I... Yeah. What am I going to do about it now? What, what am I now? Am I strong? Am I, you know, feeling confident? Whatever it is, like do more of those mantras to help kind of bring you back to that present moment as like an anchor. Yes. Um, I think it's really okay. powerful. 
Awesome. So how about we shift real quick into the last segment of the conversation, which is all about the leading questions. So I'm going to pick three random questions um, from the list that I had sent you. But the first question I'm curious about is your favorite book on your bookshelf. One that I think had the biggest impact, and I love to share it, is from the Arbinger Institute, and it's called Leadership and Self-Deception. It's really good about how often we deceive ourselves, and it fits in so well with this podcast because uh, we're talking about the inner game. And if you want to work on your inner leadership, reading uh, Leadership and Self-Deception would be good for you. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Sounds like something I'd be interested in. I'm going to check that out. Um, what is the one thing that you are most proud of? When you think about pride, um, it's, it's one of those things where you accomplish something. Yes. That, that you set out to do. And there's a few things that I've set out to do that I'm real, real pleased with. One of which is I earned my certified speaking professional designation. And it took over a hundred different presentations to easily a hundred different, you had to make a certain amount of money. You had to have five years of education in it. And it's the only earned designation globally for speakers. Wow. So, And at the time there was less than 8% of speakers worldwide that had held it. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of a, you know, I earned it. I guess yeah. that's, kind of, I'm happy. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. It sounds like a quite a hefty um, uh, accomplishment. Yeah, all the, yeah, that's great. Um, the last question I think I want to end the podcast with is anything you care to share with the listeners about a, a, an important lesson or what you've learned throughout your life, whether it's about self-leadership aspect or anything else, like what is the most important lesson you've learned? in with this theme really well. Um, I worked with a woman who was amazing and she was better than I was, older than I was, better than I was. And I was always pushing to be as good as her. She says I was the best partner she ever had because I never let up, right? Which made her better. Mm-hmm. And after we quit working together, she, we stayed in touch, of course, has always been a mentor. She called me, she would call me and she would say something like, oh, Shauna, what book did you just read? I would say, oh, and I'd tell her all about it. And she would say, teach me. And I would teach her. And then later she'd say, well, you're taking any classes? And I would go, oh, yeah, yeah. And she would say, oh, teach me. And I would share everything I knew. Well, I got her, she got the phone one day and I realized two things. Number one, she was still teaching me. Because when you say that, and here's your piece of curiosity. When you say, teach me, or help me understand, or I want to learn that, all these things open up. Other people feel thrilled that you ask them to help you or teach you, and you learn something from everyone. So that has been, I think, a through line from my very beginning of my life. There was always something I wanted to learn, and I'm not done yet. That's awesome. Yeah, there is always something to learn, even from, like I said, people who annoy us or people who hurt us or trigger us. I think if we can have the courage to really face it and work with ourselves, um, in a different way so that we can feel more empowered. I think that's like the ultimate, you know, accomplishment, at least for me, like figuring out ways just to coexist and be more peaceful in life in general. Cause again, you can't control what other people do or how they act or what they say, but I can control how I internalize it, how it affects me. 
Um, so this is great. This has been a lovely conversation with you, Sean. I appreciate your time before we leave. Where can people find you? How, how can they connect? Well, I love to give, um, clarifying calls. They're not sales calls. They're clarifying calls where you can schedule a half hour with me and ask me whatever you like. I, my goal is to help people. I do it for two reasons. Number one, because my, like this podcast, if we were talking about this ahead of time, if you learned one thing that you will use, then I just help the world. We help the world. And that's what I'm on the earth for. And then two, um, I learn what's going on. I get a lot of input on what people are dealing with. So you can do that by just emailing me at Shauna at shaunashu.com or go to my website. I've got the TEDx there, my talks and all kinds of resources for you. And they're all free. So, but if you dug me or like you dug Jennifer, then find us. We'll help you. Awesome. I appreciate your time today. And it sounds like the dog, your house sitting might need some help too. So I'm sorry. I hope not, but yes. And this is, this is real life, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all great. And I love the dog behind you. Who's just been like sitting there chilling the whole time. Not even like phased by what else is going on. Aw. Yeah. He's a little uh, shelter dog. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for your time today. And it was such a pleasure. Uh, meeting you and having this discussion. So I appreciate it. I adored it. it. You're great, Jennifer. Thank you.